This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. Are you a communicator looking to better connect with your audience? Stay tuned to learn more about Sean Palmer's newest book, Speaking by the Numbers. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash table. This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Your word is truth, your word is life. Presented by Innervar City Press. Your word is truth, your word is life. A daily audio Bible podcast read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes, that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, 2 Samuel chapter 14 through 2 Samuel chapter 15. 2 Samuel chapter 14, beginning at verse 1. David permits Absalom to return to Jerusalem. Now Joab, son of Zariah, realized that the king longed to see Absalom. So Joab sent to Tekoa and brought from there a wise woman. He told her, Pretend to be in mourning and put on garments for mourning. Don't anoint yourself with oil. Instead, act like a woman who has been mourning for the dead for some time. Go to the king and speak to him in the following fashion. Then Joab told her what to say. So the Tekoan woman went to the king. She bowed down with her face to the ground in deference to him and said, Please help me, O king. The king replied to her, What do you want? She answered, I am a widow. My husband is dead. Your servant has two sons. When the two of them got into a fight in the field, there was no one present who could intervene. One of them struck the other and killed him. Now the entire family has risen up against your servant, saying, Turn over the one who struck down his brother, so that we can execute him and avenge the death of his brother, whom he killed. In so doing, we will also destroy their heir. They want to extinguish my remaining coal, leaving no one on the face of the earth to carry on the name of my husband. Then the king told the woman, Go to your home. I will give instructions concerning your situation. The Tekoan woman said to the king, My lord the king, let any blame fall on me and on the house of my father, but let the king and his throne be innocent. The king said, Bring to me whoever speaks to you, and he won't bother you again. She replied, In that case, let the king invoke the name of the Lord your God, so that the avenger of blood may not add to the killing. Then they will not destroy my son. He replied, As surely as the Lord lives, not a single hair of your son's head will fall to the ground. Then the woman said, Please, permit your servant to speak to my lord, the king, about another matter. He replied, Tell me. The woman said, Why have you devised something like this against God's people? When the king speaks in this fashion, he makes himself guilty, for the king has not brought back the one he has banished. Certainly, we must die, 
and are like water spilled on the ground that cannot be gathered up again. But God does not take away life. Instead, he devises ways for the banished to be restored. I have now come to speak with my Lord, the king, about this matter because the people have made me fearful. But your servant said, I will speak to the king. Perhaps the king will do what his female servant asks. Yes, the king may listen and deliver his female servant from the hand of the man who seeks to remove both me and my son from the inheritance God has given us. So your servant said, May the word of my lord the king be my security, for my lord the king is like the angel of God when it comes to deciding between right and wrong. May the lord your God be with you. Then the king replied to the woman, Don't hide any information from me when I question you. The woman said, Let my lord the king speak. The king said, Did Joab put you up to all of this? The woman answered, As surely as you live, my lord the king, there is no deviation to the right or to the left from all that my lord the king has said. For your servant Joab gave me instructions. He has put all these words in your servant's mouth. Your servant Joab did this so as to change this situation. But my Lord has wisdom like that of the angel of God and knows everything that is happening in the land. Then the king said to Joab, All right, I will do this thing. Go and bring back the young man Absalom. Then Joab bowed down with his face toward the ground and thanked the king. Joab said, Today your servant knows that I have found favor in your sight, my lord the king, because the king has granted the request of your servant. So Joab got up and went to Geshur and brought Absalom back to Jerusalem. But the king said, Let him go over to his own house. He may not see my face. So Absalom went over to his own house. He did not see the king's face. Now in all Israel, everyone acknowledged that there was no man as handsome as Absalom. From the soles of his feet to the top of his head, he was perfect in appearance. When he would shave his head at the end of every year, he used to shave his head for it grew too long. And he would shave it. He used to weigh the hair of his head at three pounds, according to the king's weight. Absalom had three sons and one daughter whose name was Tamar. She was a very attractive woman. Absalom lived in Jerusalem for two years without seeing the king's face. Then Absalom sent a message to Joab asking him to send him to the king. But Joab was not willing to come to him. So he sent a second message to him, but he was still not willing to come to him. So he said to his servants, look, Joab has a portion of field adjacent to mine, and he has some barley there. Go and set it on fire. So Absalom's servant set Joab's portion of the field on fire. Then Joab got up and came to Absalom's house. He said to him, why did your servant set my portion of field on fire? Absalom said to Joab, look, I sent a message to you saying, come here so I can send you to the king with this message. Why have I come from Geshur? It would be better for me if I were still there. Let me now see the face of the king. If I am at fault, let him put me to death. So Joab went to the king and informed him. The king summoned Absalom and he came to the king. Absalom bowed down before the king with his face toward the ground and the king kissed him. Second Samuel chapter 15, beginning at verse 1. Absalom leads an insurrection against David. Sometime later, Absalom managed to acquire a chariot and horses as well as 50 men to serve as his royal guard. Now Absalom used to get up early and stand beside the road that led to the city gate. Whenever anyone came by who had a complaint to bring to the king for arbitration, Absalom would call out to him, What city are you from? The person would answer, I, your servant, am from one of the tribes of Israel. Absalom would then say to him, Look, your claims are legitimate and appropriate, but there is no representative of the king who will listen to you. Absalom would then say, If only they would make me a judge in the land. Then everyone who had a judicial complaint could come to me and I would make sure he receives a just settlement. When someone approached to bow before him, Absalom would extend his hand and embrace him and kiss him. Absalom acted this way toward everyone in Israel who came to the king for justice. 
In this way, Absalom won the loyalty of the citizens of Israel. After four years, Absalom said to the king, Let me go and repay my vow that I made to the Lord while I was in Hebron. For I made this vow when I was living in Geshur in Aram. If the Lord really does allow me to return to Jerusalem, I will serve the Lord. The king replied to him, Go in peace. So Absalom got up and went to Hebron. Then Absalom sent spies through all the tribes of Israel who said, When you hear the sound of the horn, you may assume that Absalom rules in Hebron. Now 200 men had gone with Absalom from Jerusalem. Since they were invited, they went naively and were unaware of what Absalom was planning. While he was offering sacrifices, Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gilonite, David's advisor, to come from his city, Gilo. The conspiracy was gaining momentum and the people were starting to side with Absalom. David flees from Jerusalem. Then a messenger came to David and reported, The men of Israel are loyal to Absalom. So David said to all his servants who were with him in Jerusalem, Come on, let's escape. Otherwise, no one will be delivered from Absalom. Go immediately or else he will quickly overtake us and bring disaster on us and kill the city's residents with the sword. The king's servants replied to the king, We will do whatever our lord the king decides. So the king and all the members of the royal court set out on foot, though the king left behind ten concubines to attend to the palace. The king and all the people set out on foot, pausing some distance away. All his servants were leaving with him, along with all the Carathites, all the Pelathites, and all the Gittites, some six hundred men who had come on foot from Gath. They were leaving with the king. Then the king said to Ittai, the Gittite, Why should you come with us? Go back and stay with the new king for you are a foreigner and an exile from your own country. It seems as if you arrived just yesterday. Today, should I make you wander around by going with us? I go where I must go. But as for you, go back and take your men with you. May genuine loyal love protect you. But Itai replied to the king, As surely as the Lord lives, and as my lord the king lives, wherever my lord the king is, whether it means death or life, there I will be as well. So David said to Itai, Come along then. So Ittai the Gittite went along, accompanied by all his men and all the dependents who were with him. All the land was weeping loudly as all these people were leaving. As the king was crossing over the Kidron Valley, all the people were leaving on the road that leads to the desert. Zadok and all the Levites who were with him were carrying the Ark of the Covenant of God. When they positioned the Ark of God, Abiathar offered sacrifices until all the people had finished leaving the city. Then the king said to Zadok, Take the ark of God back to the city. If I find favor in the Lord's sight, he will bring me back and enable me to see both it and his dwelling place again. However, if he should say, I do not take pleasure in you, then he will deal with me in a way that he considers appropriate. The king said to Zadok the priest, Are you a seer? Go back to the city in peace. Your son Ahimaaz and Abiathar's son Jonathan may go with you and Abiathar. Look, I will be waiting at the fords of the desert until word from you reaches me. So Zadok and Abiathar took the ark of God back to Jerusalem and remained there. As David was going up the Mount of Olives, he was weeping as he went. His head was covered and his feet were bare. All the people who were with him also had their heads covered and were weeping as they went up. Now David had been told, Ahithophel has sided with the conspirators who are with Absalom. So David prayed, make the advice of Ahithophel foolish, O Lord. When David reached the summit where he used to worship God, Hushai, the archite, met him with his clothes torn and dirt on his head. David said to him, If you leave with me, you will be a burden to me, but you will be able to counter the advice of Ahithophel. If you go back to the city and say to Absalom, I will be your servant, O king. Previously, I was your father's servant, and now I will be your servant. 
Zadok and Abiathar the priests will be there with you. Everything you hear in the king's palace, you must tell Zadok and Abiathar the priests. Furthermore, their two sons are there with them, Zadok's son, Ahimaaz, and Abiathar's son, Jonathan. You must send them to me with any information you hear. So David's friend, Ushai, arrived in the city just as Absalom was entering Jerusalem. New Testament reading, Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 through 34. A request for James and John. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to him with her sons, and kneeling down, she asked him for a favor. He said to her, What do you want? She replied, Permit these two sons of mine to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. Jesus answered, You don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup I am about to drink? They said to him, We are able. He told them, You will drink my cup, but to sit at my right and my left is not mine to give. Rather, it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. Now when the other ten heard this, they were angry with the two brothers. But Jesus called them and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those in high positions use their authority over them. It must not be this way among you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Two blind men healed. As they were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed them. Two blind men were sitting by the road. When they heard that Jesus was passing by, they shouted, Have mercy on us, Lord, Son of David. The crowd scolded them to get them to be quiet. But they shouted even more loudly, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. Jesus stopped, called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, let our eyes be open. Moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes immediately. They received their sight and followed him. Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 45. The request of James and John. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him and said, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. He said to them, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Permit one of us to sit at your right hand and the other at your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I experience? They said to him, We are able. Then Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink and you will be baptized with the baptism I experience but to sit at my right or at my left is not mine to give. It is for those for whom it has been prepared. Now when the other ten heard this, they became angry with James and John. Jesus called them and said to them, You know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those in high positions use their authority over them. But it is not this way among you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Sovereign God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you, O Lord God, for... Just your sovereignty, O oh Lord God, and, and just even in this passage, particularly in the New Testament and in the Old, about those whom you appoint to leadership roles to be kings, O oh Lord God. And even the James and John requesting, making that very bold request 
to sit at the right and the left-hand side of Jesus in glory. That's some boldness. That's some audacity, O oh God. And and there's so many times, O oh Lord God, where we have boldness and audacity, O oh God, to question the, or the calling that you've placed on our life or question our position, O oh God, or, or where we find ourselves maybe envious or jealous even of people in positions um, that, or even envious, oh God, in positions, oh God, that we think we should be in or, um, or uh, get opportunities or favor that we think we should have by now, oh God. First and foremost, would you forgive us of our sins? Forgive us of our arrogance, oh God, and haughtiness, uh, discontent, oh Lord God, with our own positions. Would you give us uh, just a humility, a humble posture that is grateful to first of all, be in the kingdom. To first of all, be grateful to be counted not no longer as your enemy, no longer as enemies of God, but children of God um, and co-heirs with Christ. So, God, would you help us to know that that to be a servant of the Lord, oh my goodness, is, is an honor, a great honor, a privilege, a gift and a true blessing. Oh, God, would you help us, oh God, to be grateful, oh Lord God, for the gifts that you've given us, the calling and the positions that you've given us. And would you help us to be faithful? Um, to what you've called us to do, not to be envious, not to be jealous, oh God, knowing, oh God, that if we are jealous and envious of the things that people do, oh God, uh, uh, for your glory to shine forth the the beauty of the gospel, oh Lord God, we are not jealous, oh Lord God, or even zealous for the things of God, but we're zealous for our own glory. That's an indicator that we are zealous for our own glory and not for the things of God. So would you set our hearts aright? Would you help us, oh Lord God? to walk in humility, humble boldness, O Lord God, that goes to your throne of grace, asking you your will for our lives and giving us and granting us the grace to walk in obedience to the calling that you give us and the answer that you give us, O God, when we receive the answer from you, O Lord. So be with us, cover us, O Lord God, and continue to walk with us. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love, O Lord God, and we thank you for the salvation we have in Jesus Christ. I pray this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Communicating effectively is not just what you say, but how you say it. Good communicators know this, but it's often easier said than done. Teachers, leaders, and speakers are often left bewildered, wondering why the content that was so carefully planned and delivered seems to fall flat with the audience. In Speaking by the Numbers, Sean Palmer offers a strategy that combines communication principles with Enneagram wisdom to help leaders, pastors, and teachers understand how to convey content and ways that both inspire and connect with their audiences. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word. That's code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at ivypress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. 
Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee.